0: Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast is the football podcast. Everybody's here, and we're all talking football. Fantastic. We're talking games that have gone, games that are to come, football news, everything. It's just it's just a football podcast. Is what you would want from a football podcast. All the football. Before we get started, please do consider to like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Share the podcast around. That's the key one there. Share the podcast around, people. If you've got a football fan in your life, send this podcast their way. They might even thank you for it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, football podcast. <laughs>
1: Recording in progress. The lady is not wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome on in. And for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you've seen something you've not seen for a couple of weeks on the podcast. That's correct, ladies and gentlemen. It's a full boat. Let us all rejoice. Joining me this evening are the finest people from the East Riding, the North East, and York. Welcome on in, gents. How are we all doing today? Okay. Considering we'll get to this. Ah, yes. Yes, uh, a little bit of foreshadowing from Mr. Womancy there. Um, and what better place to start than with our first game from Week 9, which was indeed Hull City taking on Plymouth Argyle. How did this one pan out in the end, Mr. Womancy? I uh, expected a bit of uh, spanking, and it never arrived. Thankfully, no, no. We asked about uh, the game, mate, not the uh, not, not what happens behind closed
0: doors, or the after show.
2: Uh, I'll I'll have you know that I went to this game not only with uh, my two children, but also my friend and uh, my godson. So there was definitely no weird shit happening at this game. Um. In fact, there was so much not weird shit happening that Hull let the lead slip first off, which is completely par for the course. Um, no. Randall scored for Plymouth on 22 minutes. Hull had pretty much been in control of the ball for the entire time. And then, um, how can I put this accurately? That's right. shut the bed and passed it around too much on the edge of their own box. Uh, got pressurised, gave away a corner, um, which led to them not defending that very well. The ball got pinged out, put back across the face of goal, and uh, all of the Hull players completely missed it. And Randall was at back stick just to just for a tap in, which was a bit duff, really. Um, saying that, Hull picked up exactly where they left off in the regards of they got over their little blip, took control of the ball again a lot more. And thankfully Regan Slater scored to equalise on 44 minutes, quite often Hull seemed to be that team on the receiving end of a goal just before half time or just before full time so it was, it was quite a turn up for the books for, for Hull to be doing that to uh, to somebody else um, but yeah then this, the second half was, was more of the same uh, I, I guess the, the summary would be we absolutely hammered them one all. and <laughs> true, 66% possession Hull had 21 shots but only 5 of them were on target Um, Plymouth also had 5 shots on target but they only had 11 Uh, but their goalkeeper decided to just have an absolute blinder in the last 6 minutes and completely saved the points Uh, the 3 saves in the last 6 minutes which which, they secured Plymouth a point but to be fair Hull just weren't clinical The the 66% possession, half of that was probably just in our own 18-yard box where they're still passing it around. Um, I understand that's the way that Rossini wants to play. I understand that people, certain people in the crowd that may or may not possibly sit very close to me, believe that is the only way that we can now play football because that is what Liam Rossini has said. Um, However, if there is no plan B from... You know, if you're experienced in watching football, if a manager has no plan B, eventually that will be the thing that loses him his, the job the quickest because it gets sussed out. Team starts getting beat. Bye bye. So yeah, but yeah, we picked up a point. Um, unbeaten in what seven games or eight games or whatever it was at this point. Uh, still uh, unbeaten at home this season. So that's something. But yeah, much, much better than I anticipated. And it it was actually quite entertaining to watch. It was a decent enough game. Just uh, need City to be a bit more direct at times.
1: Well, going into this game, from a predictions perspective, I believe on the podcast last week I said, I'm making a prediction. If it doesn't work out for me, it will be the last time I make said prediction. That was me predicting that Aaron Connolly would score a goal in a football match that took place with him involved. Did he score? Did he balls? Therefore, Mr Connolly remains very much dead to me. Predictions wise, none of us predicted a draw, so no points for the result. As for the goal scorers, I had Connolly and Traore in a 2 0 Hull win. Stu had Edwards and Azaz in a 2 0 Plymouth win. Matt had Connolly and DeLapp and Hardy in a 2 1 Hull win. And Andy had 1 0 Hull with DeLapp. So, no points for the result, no points for goal scorers. Not a great start. One
2: thing that I did forget to mention, Paul, seen as uh, although you guys already know this because it came to the group, was that we did go to the ground a little bit earlier and the boys met some of the players on Saturday, uh, including Aaron Connolly. So you know, um, at least uh, the
1: boys weren't the shortest person in the photograph. So
0: yeah, <laughs> oh, very
1: very nice that he's taken time out of his busy schedule to uh, take pictures of the boys. Just a shame he uh, couldn't his finger out on the pitch maybe if he just frosts his tips a little bit more he might be a little bit better and um, so our next game sees my lot, Middlesbrough taking on Watford away from home strange one this one as in this I believe the last three or four times this game has been played it is but ended in nothing but pain and heartbreak for the Borough um, ridiculously enough I believe this, this it was quite the opposite within the first four minutes of the game uh, of the game started, Um Ball was in the middle of the park uh, and, and Johnny House I saw, I saw a clip on uh, on X as, uh, as we're being now told to call it of um, someone saying if Bellingham had pulled off this move people would be talking about it for years to come uh, Johnny House and uh, did like a bit of a step over, but pivoted the long way around to start off um, the move uh, just outside the uh, the centre circle. Uh, and he played a fantastic through ball for Riley McGree to latch onto just in, just inside the box and then just uh, slip underneath the goalkeeper for, uh, for a very nice opening goal. Um, and one suddenly became two. Um, a little bit later, when uh, Matt Crooks um, broke with the ball inside um, inside his inside the, the Watford half, um, drove it to the edge of the box, um, laid the ball uh, sideways off to uh, to Ryan McGree, who uh, wrong-footed the keeper to make it two nil to the Borough. Um, just before half time, or certainly uh, slightly later on in the first half, uh, Watford did get a goal back. Through Bayo um, there was a long ball that had been played uh, through the middle by um, uh, one of the Watford defenders Dale Fry couldn't quite sort his feet out and uh, the ball went past him into the path of Bayo who uh, took the ball and slipped it just underneath sending the end for the uh, for the first Watford goal um, and then about ten minutes into the second half the equalizer came for uh, for Watford was the um was a corner that was clipped in and cleared to the edge of the box where um, he, he kind of controlled it. And then almost, it, it looked as if he looked as if like just like tried to arrow it straight in the top corner. But it kind of like looped in. But the, the way that he'd hit it, didn't look, it, it looked like he'd hit it and then managed to somehow slow the ball down on its trajectory. It was a very strange one. It looked nice. Um, obviously not ideal from a borough perspective, but that made it 2 2. And then Josh Coburn managed to get what turned out to be the winner, uh, with about 20 minutes left. Uh, Matt Crooks, yet again, uh, in the middle of the park, played a lovely slide rule ball through for uh, for Coburn to latch onto just at the edge of the box. And he very coolly uh, stuck the ball under the uh, under the advancing goalkeeper to make it 3 2 to the borough. And that's how it panned out in the end, and that's how it finished.
0: Um
1: so predictions wise, myself, Stu and Matt had all picked 1-1 draws for this. Um, Stu had gone for Rajevic and Crooks to get the goal. So sadly no points at all for Stu there. Uh, Matt had gone for Martins and McGree to score. So Matt gets himself a bonus point for the goal scorer. I had gone for 1-1, but I had gone for Bayo and McGree to be the goal scorer. So I did mind taking myself two bonus points for scorers there. Um, Captain Optimistic over there in the corner, Mr oh. Andrew Cook had gone for over 2-0 a win Latte, and Fours to get the goals so no no, um, no correct goal scoring points, but does get himself a point for the correct results, so two games in Stu get to get off the mark Matt and Andy a point apiece I've taken a lead with two points Our third game of the week saw Andy's team, as it were Derby County take on Cambridge United and as the game finished 0-0 we don't even need to discuss it that is delightful ladies and gentlemen well played, sadly none of us went for a 0-0 draw Um, myself, Stuart and Matt had all gone for 2-0 Derby County wins and he'd gone for a 1-0 Cambridge win uh, so no points for anyone there, uh, we'll just move we'll swiftly on shall we?
0: I honestly thought you were going to say sadly none of us went to the game Like, why would we have gone?
1: (laughs) What do you mean? Spend our hard-earned money, hard cash to go to Lack of Pride Park? I don't think so, somehow. I don't have to go anywhere near when I'm
2: visiting relatives, so... um. Shout out to my friend Chris, who uh, did pay to go to that game.
1: Ooh, no, no, no. Cut cut. Our fourth game of the week sees nottingham forest taking on Brentford. this was the live game on sky sadly i was unable to watch as i was at a friend's house during this i know amazing i actually have friends ridiculous uh how did it pan out in the end matthew no, I, saw, I saw that little uh shake
3: in your hand there by the way that was noted <laughs> will be going on a permanent record um so i mean i i didn't watch it either i listened to the commentary on the radio It sounded like Forrest pretty much dominated the first half. Uh, I think Brentford grew into it a little bit later. Old Tommy Frank got his knickers in a twist about a couple of dubious VAR um, decisions, kind of thing. Um, Based on their track record this weekend, they
2: were perfectly fine. I was going to say, if if he thinks they're bad, he's got other fish to
1: fry. Um, the less said about VAR the better I think at this point, shouldn't for
3: joining the show? I mean, it generally, like, I don't want to go too much on a tangent, listening to that, there's not a comedy series, there's not comedy writers, not the best comedy writers in the world could have written that kind of thing. It's like, it's, like, it's almost that, like something out of the thick of it, where you got the, the lad who's like, the, the video operator going, eh, uh, do you want to do? De- you, you you fucked up, kind of. That's what you might as well have said. Do you want to delay the game because you're you 100% fucked up right there, lads? No, 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 it's all right. No, no, no. Definitely, kind of thing. You know, we're still jet lagged to shit after coming back from uh, the UAE or something like that. But we'll get back to forest though. Did, did, did um, you see? Did you see the Paddy power thing about
2: that? About the last last thing about the VAR was, oh, we can't do anything about it now. The game has uh, continued. Definitely can't do anything about it. Also, VAR. Let's give Man United a penalty a minute after the game has finished. <laughs> <The> <laughs> <VAR>. <laughs> Absolutely true. Well, Sorry about really bad. Um, then, just about 10 minutes after half time, Boris had Nia Kate
3: sent off for. I mean, I don't know what the build up was, but that was a pretty. Soft yellow card if you ask me He kind of clumsily trod On the back of his heels There wasn't like a malice In it, it wasn't a He got away from me, so I'm going to take him down Kind of thing, it was a clumsy Tread on the back of the heels um, Sent off, So he was sent off um, And No guard for Brentford Scored the resultant got uh, well, Scored from the resulting free kick To give Brentford the lead just a clip into the box poor defending, header nicely done Um, but Forrest managed to show a little bit of uh, fight Um, and um, deadline day signing uh, Nico Dominguez scored quite a nice looping header from uh, fantastic cross from uh, Harry Toffolo. who you know, could be debated whether they should be playing it at the moment or or not. Um, but yeah, I think Forest kind of clung on to to um, kind of keep the point, which I think you know I think a lot of Forest fans are getting a bit bit twisty, a bit kind of impatient, thinking that the team should be doing better. They've got to settle in all these new players, but that's progress from last year because last year they fell apart and Brentford won 3-2. So
1: I think also, the team
3: started to come round.
1: Also, who's
3: moaning about getting a point when you're down to 10 men and you go behind in the game? I think there's just this kind of, I think there's a real sense of, it's annoying considering how the fans were in last year and then all of a sudden it's it's doing the same old forest stuff of, look at all the really good players that we signed and look at where we finished last year and we should be kicking on and you kind of think it's a really difficult league where you know, and a lot of the players that they've signed haven't quite, you know, have only just been have only been at the club a month and they've spent a week of that away with um, international breaks and stuff like that. But I think they're kind of growing into it. And I just, I think, you know, I think a point against Brentford is quite nice. Yeah, it'd be lovely if we were beating them, but we're on eight points already. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm quite chuffed with it. So, am This is thing. Gibbs White didn't start. Uh, Rumoured to be
1: rested, because he's had a busy summer. Mm. What's his space, I would say, for that one? Mm. Interesting. He's only a young lad as well. Predictions-wise, Andy was the most optimistic of us all and had gone for a 1-0 Forest win with a 1-year score. So sadly, no points, Mr Cook. Matt had gone for a 2-2 draw with a 1-Yin Gibbs-White for Forrest, and Buemo and Bissa for Brentford, so I it guess it's off a point for the draw. Sadly, no points for the goal scorers. Myself and Stu, however, had both picked 1-1 draws. Two points apiece for us there. Sadly, neither of us picked the goal scorers. I had Gibbs-White and Buemo, Stuart hudson Adoy and Lewis Potter. Uh, just realised that he picked two barrels there. How very nice and symmetrical. Lovely. Our... Game of the week Let me just double check I believe it's the fifth It yep. is the th- Fifth game Excuse me Fifth game of the week We go back To Mr. Wuppensy's boys And we see Ipswich Town Taking on Hull City I believe we all went to this With a, uh, with a little bit of trepidation As we felt that uh, Ipswich doing quite well And Hull were Potentially Coming to the end of a uh, Decent run of form Did it pan out that way In the end sir
2: Oh this I'm is the
3: point moving I was yeah. <laughs>
2: going to talk about how bad they were. Right. So, um again, I think I mentioned this uh, last week, but just a very special uh, fuck you to the people who organized the fixtures uh, away to Ipswich on a Tuesday night. What are you even playing at? Uh, yeah, this was Hull's second defeat of the season. We just sit too deep. Just sit too deep. But the, the first goal uh, was played down the left, cross over to the right, lovely finish to be fair, Dri- driven into the, the bottom uh, left-hand corner. Second goal, played down the left, cross <laughs> to the right, driven into the goal. So exa- pretty much exactly the same, although maybe a little bit more centrally taken this time. Does anybody want to guess what happened for the third goal? Because, yeah, that's right, it went down the left, uh, was crossed into the middle, and then banged into the goal, so effectively the exact, um, you know, they, they found the weakness, and they took it three times, so Burns on five minutes, Chaplin on 41 minutes, and then Harness in the 65th minute, with no reply from Hull, the nearest they got, uh, just for, for Paul's sake, was in the 17th minute, Dilap linked up with Connolly, and um, but it was a bit of a bit of a tame shot in the end, but Paul would probably say he'd expect that, so.
1: Imagine my shock. As usual for the podcast, the most optimistic person was Mr Andrew Cook, who had gone for a 1-0 Hull city win. Sadly, no points for you, sir. Um, the rest of us had all gone for Ipswich wins, so we do get points. Um sadly so Noah was gone three nil. Um I had gone for oh Stuart gone for a one nil win with Chaplin to score the goal. So it gets himself two points there. Uh, Matt had gone for two one. Broadhead and Ladapo with uh to score for hull, So suddenly, only gets himself a point for the goal uh, for the correct result there. I too had gone for two one. I went for Slater to score for hull, so I was a game too late on that one, sadly. Uh, but I did have Chaplin and Burns to score four Ipswich. which I might say I get myself three points for that particular game. Just the two games left to go through in week nine. Or is it week Well, no, it's still week nine. Uh, back to my boys again, where Middlesbrough took on Cardiff City at the Riverside. Um, Middlesbrough went into this one. I think the uh, the stat that I'd found on on Twitter was that they'd, lo- uh, they'd they'd won their their last nine fixtures played midweek at the Riverside since they were uh, overturned three two by Cardiff City on a Tuesday night. Uh, strangely enough, so I went into this one with a little bit of trepidation, as is as is the usual case. Obviously, Middlesbrough going into this one off the back of uh, three wins on the spin. Um, Bit of a turgid first half. Took uh, took an awful lot to, no matter what, Borough kept trying to do. They just couldn't seem to, to break through the uh, the rigid Cardiff defence. Um, neither team really seemed in the mood of wanting to sort of really press to um, to look for a, a way to find uh, a way through. Um, in the second half, though, that changed. Um, Back into the team off the back of a rather torrid appearance against Sheffield Wednesday was Lucas Engel, the, uh, the left back, uh, as Aidan um, uh, O'Brien, the guy on sent on loan from Nottingham Forest, is currently out injured at the moment. He's, he's been been played left back in the last couple of games. as so There's a bit of a um, crisis in the in that particular area, um, uh, but Lucas Engel came in. Uh, and he cut out a ball that had been cleared from the Cardiff box. Um, worked his way back into the uh, the byline uh, and drilled the ball across uh, from the left-hand side for Isaiah Jones at the back stick just to stick the ball. He barely could miss. He was basically about a yard out. There. So that was Isaiah Jones' first goal of the season. Um, and uh, Cardiff kept, uh, kept attacking to try and get the equaliser um, and about five minutes before the end, they had another attack that um, was played um, on the edge of the box. Uh, Marcus Force picked up the ball uh, and just played a nice little through pass for uh, Emmanuel Latte Lath to latch onto from basically the edge of the centre circle. Um, uh, he outpaced the Cardiff guy, uh, drove into the box, a uh, lovely little cut back to stick the Cardiff player on his arse. Uh, almost slipped, well he did in fact he slipped over, uh, still had enough time to uh, stand up again, recompose himself and took the ball in the right hand corner to finish the match off, so 2-0 to the Borough 4 wins on the spin in all competitions very nice predictions wise Stewart gone for a 1-0 Cardiff win here sadly no points for Mr Woodman shame on you sir Actually, this is the first time this season that Cardiff hadn't scored as well. Um, Matt and Andy had both gone for 2-1 Middlesbrough wins. Matt had Crooks and Latte Laff to score. Ugg both to score for Cardiff, so gets himself a point for the result and a point for the scorer. Andy had 2-1 with Coburn and Fours, Robinson to score for Cardiff, so sadly no points for the scorers, but does get a point for the result. I, only the hand had picked a Middlesbrough Happy days! Two points for the result. I did have Coburn and Crooks to score the goals, though. So sadly, no bonus points for goal scorers. Last game of the week takes us over to Andy's team again, and it was Derby County. Sadly, they were away at Blackpool. Didn't really pan out the way we all thought this one, as Blackpool sadly were not able to uh, to do us a favour and take Derby off our hands for us. Uh, As they uh, capitulated to a 3-1 loss. Dougal scoring the goal for Blackpool. Smith, Collins and Waghorn. Bagging a goal each for Derby. Predictions wise. None of us had gone for a Derby win. Stewart gone for a 2-2 draw. Rhodes and Norburn to score for Blackpool. Collins and Nelson to score for Derby. Gets himself a point for the goal scorer there for Collins. Andy had gone 2-0. ...with Rhodes and Beasley to score for Blackpool... ...so sadly no points at all there for Mr Cook... ah um, myself and Mr Moore... ...had gone for 2-1 Blackpool wins... ...Rhodes with 2 for me... ...and then Waghorn to score for Derby... ...so a point for the goal scorer. ...Matt had gone Rhodes and Lavery and... ...Collins to score for Derby... ...so managed to get himself a point for the goal scorer. ...all that does is at the end of the week... ...after all seven games... Andy had managed to bag himself two points from those seven games. Stu, five points from seven games. Matt, six points from seven games. However, taking the win this week is myself with a whopping ten points in seven games. I'll pat myself on the back for a job well done. That just leaves us with week 10's predictions. To make uh, to make a start on so before we do that we are just gonna step away momentarily recharge ourselves and then uh, bring you our thoughts and feelings on those particular uh, particular games we'll see how we get on you guys won't have to do anything though as uh, we'll be right back in your feed momentarily but uh, for us we're just gonna step away two seconds we'll be right back recording in progress Yes, indeed. Welcome back in. So, week 10 starts off with a North East derby. Sunderland taking on Middlesbrough at the Stadium of Light. We'll we'll keep it it clean. So, obviously it's my team, so I'll go last. Uh, Let's see what Mr Cook has put down for this one.
0: This is another one of those weeks where I've decided to mix it up somewhat by going a little bit, a little bit different. So, one, two. Oh, interesting.
1: Uh, you one for Sunderland.
0: Burstow.
1: I believe he was playing up front for them. Tonight, um, we certainly was on the weekend, uh, you're Middlesbrough
0: 2. Latte, and Falls.
1: Combined beautifully for the second goal last night. Let's see if they can get a goal each on Saturday. Matt, what have you gone for this one?
3: I've gone for a 2 0 draw. Goal scorers, please. Lock and Bellingham score for Sunderland. Yeah, and McGree and Latte laugh Lass for the Borough. Stew, I've got a one-one
2: draw with Bellingham for Sunderland, and he's got to be severely overdue now. Crooks
1: for the Borough. he'll be right up for it with his two assists from last Saturday uh, didn't start the game against Cardiff as I believe he was being rested he might have had a slight knock um, I have gone for a 2-2 two, two draw very similar to Mr. Uh, Mister Moore almost identical to Mr. Moore in fact as I have al- al- I'm also gone for Clark and Bellingham to score for Sunderland McGree and Crooks to score for the Borough so we were almost all in for that one. Our next game takes us to Mr Woodmancy's team. Millwall versus Hull City. Obviously, it's his team. He last. I'll dive straight in here. I've gone for a 1-1 one, one draw on this one. i for Nisbet to score for Millwall and Delap to score for Hull. Andy, what have you got for this one?
0: Nil two. Manesh and your favourite hall player, Connolly.
1: Obviously, Andy hadn't heard the prediction earlier of um, we we don't we don't put Connolly's name as he's dead to the podcast, but
3: we'll see. I've also gone for a one-all draw with Longman, all boy rule uh, and Slater
2: Well, This is what I was worried about, I've just remembered something, Matt, pick another whole goal scorer because in the um, Ipswich game he, Slater came off with his hamstring I think it was and uh, immediately after uh, the game uh, Rosinia said that he's probably looking at two months
3: Ah, oh. uh,
1: Er, Dela. Also, did you say longman?
2: Yeah. He won't be able to, I don't think he'll be able to play. That's why I was, is he on loan or is he? Yeah. Is... Can ah. pick
3: if, if you can pick
2: Honeyman, you can pick Honeyman if you want, all by all, but you can just swap your men around if you want. Huh? Um? You swap your men around
3: if you want. Long. yeah. yeah. And- well, they're both men, they're just, Whether they're long or honey. Exactly. It's
1: not longy, it's honey, honey. Uh, Stu, how is this one going to pan out? How many are uh, Hull going to lose by? Oddly. I mean, you're all sat down because I can see. I have
2: actually gone for a Hull win. What? Yeah. I have gone for Millwall 1, Hull 2. And I've gone sort of not all boy, but for the podcast all boy in terms of what more? Uh, to score for Millwall, and I've gone for Philogene and lap for Hull.
1: Now, Philogene's one of these ones that really annoys me because he just dropped one of his names. Because I'm pretty sure that a couple of seasons ago when he was on he was on loan at someone. It was he was Jaden Philogene Bidace. Uh, so, well, well, no, no,
0: not, a, there there not, is, not, I, I am not
2: having, having this. I am not having this, Mister Brereton Diaz. You should be fucking happy that he's only got one name for the amount of shit that you give that guy. Billardine's no, no no. never played in Chile. Never been to Chile. What's got nothing to do? has
1: got nothing to do with it? You can't just, you can't just add a slightly South American sounding name to the end of yours to make you sound yourself sound more South American.
2: Matt, every, everybody, everybody else watching to... along on YouTube, say it with me now.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh our third game of the week is Mr Mr uh, Mr Cook's adopted side uh of Derby County. Um obviously they are playing away from home at what can only be described as League One's worst kept not secret, but Awful case of events. They're playing. At, they're playing. At, they're playing away at Cheltenham Town, who at, at time of recording have played eleven games in League One this season. They have scored zero goals in those eleven League games. That is quite some feat Let me tell you Um, be online record territory, sure. I, I I would imagine they've they've probably set a record. Oh no, I think I, I, uh, I said uh, I believe I mentioned it to my dad, and he was like, "Oh, they've still got some to go to uh, beat Paul's record." So I believe I believe Hartlepool United are the record holders for the amount of league games in a row without scoring. I will look into the record books and find out that record for next week. Um, I have got them to break their duck in this one for the league certainly for this season as I've gone them to uh, score. However, I have got to also concede four as I believe they're rock bottom for a reason. Uh, so I've gone for Cheltenham one, Derby four. Circum to score for Cheltenham. Waghorn and Collins both to get two for Derby. Stu, what have you got for this one? Um,
2: I have got... Uh, well, I, uh, whilst I agree with what you've said, could also be one of those occasions where they should get absolutely pantsed and it ends up being a boring one nil game. So that's what I've gone with. But I've gone for 1-0 Derby with Collins to score.
3: Matt? I've gone for 0-4 with Collins 2 and Wagon 1 for Derby. And I think we should introduce a rule that if we guess the score right, we get to pick a new team. I, I dare
1: say we'd all be on board with that. Was it Smith for the first goal scorer? Yeah, Smith, Collins, Two, and Laghorn. Andrew, how do you see this one, out? 1 0 to uh,
0: Cheltenham. You'll love, you love to see it.
1: You'll love to see it. Goal scorer? King. And wouldn't he just be, let's be honest. Yes. From a betting perspective, I think I could probably call it now, that will that will bust some people's coupons this weekend, <laughs> if yeah. that happens. Uh, our next game sees Crystal Palace taking on Nottingham Forest. And this is another one that I believe is live on the TV. That's something I forgot. The Sunderland millsbury game is the early kick-off on uh, on Saturday, sorry. 12.30 kick-off. Live on Sky Sports TV. Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest is the 5.30 uh, Sky offering. Um, Mr Moore's team, he will go last. Andy, what have you got for the Crystal Palace-Nottingham Forest game? A
0: a 0-1 to Forest. A one ye to score the goal very
1: nice Stu
2: I've got 1-1 one, one. I've got um, Mateta for Palace and hudson Adoy for Forest
1: very good sadly I've gone for a 2-1 Palace win on this one obviously Palace have just come off the back of beating Manchester United which let's be honest is no great shot of feet at this particular point as everyone's been Manchester United this season, it would seem. But I have gone for Palace to retain and to sort of keep their momentum going. So I've gone for 2-1. I've gone for Eze and Mateta to Palace. Gibbs-White, fresh off his rest, for Nottingham Forest. How do you see this one panning out for your boys, Matt? I've gone for a one-all draw. I think
3: it's kind of trying to establish ourselves. Um, So I've got an Anderson to score. Um, again, I've also gone for Gibbs White to score as well. Very nice.
1: And we've only got the one game midweek to discuss. Sadly, it is Mr Mr. Uh, Mr. Cook's team again. But they are playing against a team from Nottingham, which may give a little bit of added needle to the game it is Notts County versus Derby County this is an EFL trophy game so there could be changes of foot for Derby might be changes for Notts County as well Notts County are currently top of League 2 I've gone for a 1-0 Notts County win here with Langstaff to get the goal Stu, what have you got for this one?
2: I've got 2-0 Derby Waggon and Collins
3: Matt? I've gone for a 3 1 Derby win. With Langstaff to score for that county. Yep. Collins, Hurahan, and Fauna. Um, wow. He's an ex forest lad who signed for Derby in the summer. Ooh. Um, What was his name again, Tony? So we Collins, Hurahan, and Former,
0: for F O R N A H. Former, Uh Andrew. Uh, you know your prediction. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Put that down. Just one nil, Langstaff.
1: Correct. Excellent. That was jabbing. Concludes our business, or does it, Mister Woodmansey? Mentioned during the week that uh, there was a little uh, we, we could always bring to the uh, the end of the podcast to uh, to just bring a little bit more sort of excitement into the mix. Where if we were to put all of our keys into an accumulator and see what the odds would be for wins, draws, and losses. So I will do that now, using uh, any other any other betting sites are available. However, I personally am using William Hill. Mister Woodmansey looks like he may be offering the same options.
2: Yep, I've uh, I've just had a little look into it, and uh, I'll I'll not uh, step on your toes too much, but obviously, if you've got if you've got got the odds ready to go, so the uh, as a treble on all three teams to lose. It gives odds of 10.48 to one, which is the by the bookies that is the most likely outcome of the win, the the triple win, triple draw, triple loss situation. The uh, treble to win for all three teams is down at 28.5 to one. And the treble for all three teams to draw uh, is 35, or 35 and a half to one. So, reckoning that the, the odds on them all winning are higher than them all drawing. But I could see all three games being a draw. Mm-hmm. Probably more than three winning, personally. But um, we shall see if our predictions were more accurate than uh, mr. William Hill or agree with the uh, the realms of mr. William Hill I know that not all three teams necessarily will do the same result but um, it, it just makes it a little, little bit easier to manage on the old uh, betting app for comparison in terms of uh, wins laws and uh, wins losses and draws but um yeah so a little 50p bet on each of those uh, obviously the most profitable one being the the uh, the three draw, the, the three draws, if it
1: happens, but we shall keep you posted. Indeed, on a on a similar um, betting front, just having a look at the Cheltenham versus Derby game with the early odds, um, and I haven't seen this for a long time, but Cheltenham as the home side, you can you can nearly get odds of five to one from to the wins for the, just to win the game, which. In a league scenario, is kind of unheard of. I would say uh, twenty-four to five currently for uh, Cheltenham to beat Derby. Derby are only eight to fifteen for the win, which doesn't even seem as if that—that t- that seems like it should be shorter. You
2: want Cheltenham absolutely spoil the party now?
1: But It'd be absolutely hilarious if, it's, if if Cheltenham run out 8 0 winners or something like that. Well, I'm, I'm, mate, if you could win by half, I'd take it for the podcast purpose. Oh, well, yeah. So there you are, ladies and gentlemen. That is your weekly football update. Obviously, thank you to these three wonderful champs for joining me to talk you through the ups and downs, the ins and outs, the uh, shenanigans and, and whatnot of Middlesbrough, Hull and Nottingham Forest and Derby to a certain degree as well. Obviously, uh, the uh, the name could change. Fingers crossed, it will. Obviously, at some point we're gonna we're gonna get sick of talking about derby games, so we will just put in a random rule. We'll, we'll insert the. Uh, do you remember when uh, when in wrestling um, they came up with the wild card rule, where people could move between Raw and SmackDown uh, whenever they wanted to, without the uh, the need for it to be explained in the uh, in the storyline, and it was just designated as the wild card rule. We'll just we'll just implement the. Uh, the no derby rule on the on the podcast, and uh, Mister Cook gets to like draw a, a a map, and he and we pick his new team based off that. Or we'll do it we'll do it in a way where like whatever your last meal was, Andy, we'll base it around where the first the closest like main ingredient came from, or something like that. No, not like that. <laughs>
3: He looks confused, legend. So kind of confused yeah. that leads us to having <laughs> Darby as on the bloody podcast. This is
0: what. <laughs> this is. Where, do we, oh, where do we class salad comes from?
1: Well, you'll you'll the, be able to work it out based on the uh, the, the packaging. I've touched on at some point, and then we
3: can pick something around. Uh, where
0: where does where does Linda oh. McCartney live these days? Um.
1: Probably best. Probably best we don't. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. Probably best we don't no pull at that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Thank you once again, uh, gents, for joining me uh giving me the update of your boys. And uh, thank you to you for uh, for joining in for uh, for another week of fantastic football news. Join us again next week where we'll uh, break it all down and do it all again. But until then, it's goodbye from all of us. See you next week.
0: So there we go. What do you think to that? A lot of games gone, some games to come, football in between. More could you want? It's football, baby. Big thank you for watching. Big thank you for listening. If I can get you to do a couple of small things before you go, like the podcast, please share it around. Uh, Subscribe, subscribe if you already haven't. That way you get notified about new episodes. Um, Leave a review five-star review would be amazing and uh, check out the website thecookiecast.com there you'll find social media links and an email button and that way you can get in touch with us that's it for this one Till next time i'm going to say bye and i'll see you then
2: thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football if you've enjoyed this episode please like share and subscribe